on the Wine Roads, a wine road trip that takes you to the four corners of the world to discover the most beautiful wine estates. Third stop, Argentina, episode three. After a good night's sleep, I get to the Bodega Colomé early. I'm meeting with Thibaut Delmotte, a French enologist. It sounds strange to meet a fellow countryman in this remote corner in the north of the country, but the richness of the land has for the last 20 years attracted many French people and their know-how when it comes to wine growing. Hello. Hi. Thibaut. Thibaut. Hello, François. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Quite a fog, eh? Yeah, no. No, it's too bad. We can't take full advantage of the outdoors. But what about that horse ride you promised me? No problem. The horses are ready and we can go whenever you want. Great. We're off. Well, let's go. From the beginning, an almost mystical impression lies over the place. The magical silence, a misty and rainy morning. A peaceful environment in which one of the best Malbec in the world is made. Thibaut, I can't believe that I'm actually riding through a vineyard in Argentina. It's also a good way to see the vineyard. It's the right pace to take in what's going on. It's useful as well as enjoyable. When did you first come here? Um, I started working at Colome in 2005. And before that? I was in Burgundy. Burgundy. I worked in Burgundy. I got my diploma there. Then I met Donald Hayes, the owner of this property, who was looking for an enologist. I hadn't planned to stay, but I liked this project. I liked the challenge. What's the altitude here? Colomé is at 2,300 meters. Okay. We have vineyards at 1,700 meters in Cafayete, at 2,300 here. And a little further north, we have two domains at 2,600 meters and 3,100 meters. This has to be unique. In theory, it's the world's highest vineyard. Yes, there are a lot of advantages. Cold nights and days with fairly moderate temperatures. Never above 35 degrees, so the grapes don't dry out or lose their aroma. We always have fairly fresh aromas. The cold nights allow the grapes to retain their acidity, so there's good acidity in the wine. We don't have to acidify the wines at Colome. The other advantage is the higher you are, the more ultraviolet light you have. So the grape reacts to this by forming a thicker skin, less transparent. So cold contributes to the elegance, the freshness and beauty of the grapes, and the concentration thanks to the thick skins. The result is a wine that's powerful yet elegant. We're going to dismount here. And how old are these vines here? We're not really sure. Between 90 and 150 years. So these vines make the best of the Colome wines. There aren't many bunches on each plant. The grapes are very small and concentrated. We use these grapes to make the Reserva, which is the most prestigious Colome wine. And they're all planted in the classic Argentinian style, combining all the grape varieties. We just saw a Malbec and over there is a Torrantes. I have heard that your Malbec is one of the ten best in Argentina. Is that true? I think we're present in the best sellers. I think we're a front-runner, at least, in the Calchaquiz valleys, sort of like the locomotive. Yes, in terms of Argentina, you could say that we're in the top ten. And is it 100% Malbec? No, this is a blend. 85% Malbec, so you get the main characteristics of Malbec, 
And 15% Syrah Cabernet Sauvignon on Tanat. And what's Tanat? I'm not familiar with it. Tanat is a grape variety from the southwest of France, Madiron, between the Gers department and the Pyrenees. It's very acidic and tannic. The word tanat comes from tannin. Peppery. Yes, exactly, peppery. It's powerful in the mouth, fairly round. It's enjoyable to drink now, but can be cellared for another five or six years. Maximum ten, I'd say. However, Malbec is better when it's fairly young. It's like a picture postcard, with the horses and the wines in the heart of Argentina. It's a great joy. Thibaut? Cheers. To your health. Thanks a lot. Following the direction back towards Salta to take a plane to Mendoza, a main province when it comes to Argentinian vineyards, I travel through an immense city of natural sculptures, La Quebrada de las Conchas. The road is sumptuous, multicolored rock formations, semi-desert mountains, a show that nature has been preparing for thousands of years. Without any doubt, this road will remain one of the most moving to travel on. A morning walk in the streets of the capital of Argentinian wine. The town of Mendoza's motto is the grounds of sun and good wine. The Mendoza region is 150,000 hectares of vineyards and more than a thousand cellars. Enough for somebody as passionate as me to lose their heads. Situated at the foot of the Andes, Latin America's biggest bodegas are competing for excellence. I go to Perdriel, where the bodega Terrazas de los Andes is located. Hervé Birniscott, the person in charge of the estate, is awaiting me. Their cellar is supposed to be the most beautiful in Argentina. Bonjour, François. Hervé. Hervé. Hello, François. Enchanté. Nice to meet you. I'm so pleased. Thank you for visiting Terrazas de los Andes. So you have an extraordinary wine cellar. Yes, our cellar is magnificent. And also historic. Would you like to see it? With great pleasure. Good, let's go. This is it. It's an incredible place. It's our temple dedicated to wine. So this architecture, based on successive arches, as you see here, is typically of Moorish inspiration. There was a technical problem, and also an obvious aesthetic problem in preserving this architecture we inherited from the years of Spanish colonization. Our objective was to protect its colonial identity and to somehow install the technology that would allow us to make the best wines. But we had a big problem. The vats for making the wine at the end of the 19th and early 20th century were made of brick. And these brick vats functioned well for the wine and also served as counterweights to stabilize these fragile columns. But these columns contain no cement or iron. Imagine the horizontal shocks caused by an earthquake. They would collapse. This is a seismic zone here. A seismic zone causing very destructive earthquakes. So the vats on each side served as counterweights. When we removed them to install modern stainless steel technology, we had to reinforce the columns using traditional methods. It was like the pyramids for us. It was a colossal job. It was necessary to reinforce each column one by one using a very special technology. But the result's beautiful. It's truly magnificent. It's true, and we're proud of it. 
But there's more. Really? We have a magnificent barrel cellar where the wine blending now requires a choice of components. You want to take a look? With pleasure. Let's go. It's an advantage to employ several coopers. French coopers are experts for structure and complexity. We also use a few American barrels because they somehow complement the French style. And it's not by chance that I brought us to this barrel. Let's taste it together. All of it? This is a Malbec, an excellent one, since it's one of the great Las Compuertas vintages. It's a 2011. How much longer will it remain in the barrel? It'll take another 12 months to complete its 18 months in the barrel. That's the minimum. Occasionally 20 months. We taste it every month to see if the wine is maturing well in the barrel and also to make choices. Because we might choose to keep this barrel and eliminate that because it's aged a bit differently. So the creative process does continue while the wine is still in the barrel. I see. So here we have an expressive nose. It's fruity and floral. For us it's a very special component because it's the solid base of our reserve wine, of the blend. It'll be this, plus other components that will bring the complexity. But this is fundamental to what we want to achieve in terms of wine. Well, it seems quite promising. The wine is already there. It's already unctuous and round. The wine is born. Now we raise it, and it's on its way to being a great wine. We have a great Enoteca. Would you like to go back in time and taste an old vintage? I love going back in time. Okay, let's go. This is incredible here. We're in a crypt. We're in a crypt. Our vintage wines repose here, along with the history of our wines. It's an amazing place. So this is where I go back in time. Exactly. These are all of our vintage wines from the beginning. And we can choose the year. It's wonderful. All these years to choose from, which one will it be? I don't know. Can we go back 10 years back? 10 years? 2001. Ooh, a good choice. You'll see why. A good choice. <laughs> yes, a good choice. But a challenge for me because I have to climb quite high. We're going to open this bottle. The special corkscrew? Yeah, I was noticing your corkscrew. It's a corkscrew with two prongs that allows you to safely open even the oldest bottles with the oldest corks. So this is the perfect tool for enologists. So here's a wine that is 10 years old. So of course it has to be aired a little in the glass to bring out all its full complexity that had been imprisoned in the bottle. But it has many more potential aromas that now are going to reveal themselves through contact with the air. But is it a Malbec or a Cabernet Sauvignon? A Malbec. This may finally answer the question of whether New World wines can age, and particularly a Malbec. I think that this 10-year-old wine gives us an answer. Such aromas. Oh yes, sense of chocolate, coffee, jam. It smells roasted. It's astonishing to compare this with the one we just stated that was still maturing. That's what we wanted to demonstrate with these old bottles, that great wines can age. Marvelous. Convinced? Cheers. Cheers.
following Hervé's advice, I head off for the Potre Rigio Valley to a magical place 65 kilometers away from Mendoza. What a surprise. In this valley, situated at more than 1,300 meters above sea level, is an artificial lake, one of the many water sources for the vineyards of Mendoza. The place is so relaxing, almost supernatural. I could have stayed there for hours, but my wine route is far from over. On the Wine Roads, from a documentary series directed by Eric Michaud with Luna Sands and François Montagu. Sound editing, Agathe Leroux and Guillaume Sulpi. And mixing, Thomas Gabriel. Music by My Music Library. And Angle, the An Interscope Production. <laughs>